0: 18, Canada for a thousand? Alex Trebek gave a toast to me and Mary Beth on the first of our two honeymoons. We were flying first class to Montreal courtesy of her employer, Northwest Airlines, and the esteemed Jeopardy host from Sudbury sat across the aisle in 2B. I ordered champagne from the flight attendant to toast my new wife. Alex overheard and asked the whole front cabin. To join in wishing his newlyweds a long and prosperous life together. Well, he was across the aisle and did give us a polite nod and a smile. First class air travel was old hat to Mary Beth, but for me it was the groom's gift that balanced the bridal registry. I had traveled extensively prior to marriage, but primarily in the way back of a family station wagon via Jefferson Lines or with too many college buddies in a vehicle of questionable reliability. After our engagement, there was a running joke among friends of how Mary Beth brought flight benefits and good looks to the union, while my dowry was a crazy family who didn't even have a lake cabin. In truth, we both brought travel industry connections to the relationship. As Mary Beth facilitated VIP trips to London or Hong Kong in the Far East, I was doing freelance travel brochure writing in the Midwest for First Line Tours, a company that specialized in putting widows on motor coaches bound for places like Medora, Ladysmith, and Silver Dollar City. The First Line affiliation did pay off when Lois Widener, the woman who got me the writing gig, arranged for a suite at Le Versailles Hotel in Montreal. Most people don't think Canada from Minnesota for a honeymoon, especially not in November. But most folks don't know that Montreal is due east, not north of St. Paul. It's not like we were headed to Flin Flon. Plus, we had plans for Ireland six months later. Thanks to Lois, the staff at Le Versailles had prepared a lovely gift basket, along with elegant four-color high-gloss brochures in the sitting room of our suite. It was one of those nice touches of panache for which the French are so famous. My great-grandparents, the Labantes, hailed from Quebec, and Les Clubs de Hockey Canadien, the Montreal Canadiens, were my favorite NHL team besides the North Stars. I actually knew why they were nicknamed the Habs. It's short for Les Habitants, the original settlers from districts west of Paris. One would think I'd have a rudimentary feel for the city, but I didn't. Almost everything was in French, except the numbers, and they were all wadded up in bundles of tin. We'd been scrambling for a week with the groom's dinner, wedding, reception, and gift opening, and barely caught our breath before heading to the airport. We were thankful that, back then, going to Canada was like going to Michigan, and we didn't have to round up passports and seven other forms of ID. When we got to the suite at La Versailles and dropped our bags, it finally sank in that we were really married. Our eyes met and we shared a brief moment of, holy crap, this is forever, then set the timer on the camera for an old school selfie to capture the moment. I picked up the visitor's pamphlet for some ideas of what to do on Sunday in November in Montreal, Quebec. The stylish multilingual guide mocked my hand-type bus tour flyers on goldenrod copy paper. The condescension was infamously French. I opened it anyway and started reading. Let's see, there's the orchestra symphonique, the Basilica de Notre Dame, Old Montreal, and I tried to nonchalantly add, huh, the Canadians are playing the Nordiques at the Forum tonight. Or we could, oh, let's go to the hockey game, Marybeth chimed in. I knew I'd married well. My Minnesota accent gave the cabbie an opportunist grin as he started a meter in his head that would double the cost of the ride. Maybe triple with the exchange rate. Oh, Alonu, where are we going, he translated. Mary Beth spoke over me to crush his illusion of a triple rate fare. To the hockey game. We rode past the forum this afternoon and saw there's a game tonight. Pre-Uber cabbies hated short rides, and it was about two miles to the Forum, an arena that was to Canadians what Wrigley, Fenway, or Old Yankee Stadium was to Americans. The Habs left it for the Molson, now Bell Center, in 1996, and despite 26 Stanley Cup championships, they haven't won another since. The driver mumbled something we couldn't translate, as he did jackrabbit starts and stops to within a block of the rink where we sat in the log jam. He couldn't wait and jerked the cab into oncoming lanes as traffic waited for the turn signal and hammered the gas pedal and nearly put us up on two wheels as he turned, barely in front of the now approaching vehicles. A loud thud pounded the back of the car. Someone threw an ice chunk at us. Then he gassed it again, fishtailed the cab, and slid into an alley. Merci. Au revoir, he said urgently. Nice hustle, I said, as I fumbled for my wallet to pay him. How much? Marybeth knew the thump came from hitting another vehicle and was tugging on my arm to get me out of the cab and let him speed away. His anxious eyes were fixed on the rearview mirror. Rien! Nothing! Aller! Aller! Go! Marybeth was shaking her head, and mine was in a daze as he spun the tires and threw gravel before I had a chance to tip him. A block later my oblivion would end. I had been in the sports marketing business for a full nine weeks and was ready to do some wheelin' and dealin' with the local docket peddlers. The Hab's provincial neighbor, the Quebec Nordiques, were in town with a former Canadian and fan favorite, Guy Lefleur, so the ticket supply was tight. We approached a man waving two tickets in the air. Genadu, Rusty, a classic-looking scalper, repeated. I launched into the vetting process. Are they any good? Are they any good? He smiled and repeated back. You're American. Rusty was the happiest habitant we'd met so far. You been to the forum? Nope. Our first visit, I kept working him. Oh, welcome. You'll love it. I have two left, beautiful seats, section three, row K, you know, A, B, C, D, at the blue line. Sounds great, the vetting process ended. After a short welcome speech from Rusty, we paid 60 bucks American, thanked him, and headed into the most legendary hockey rink in the world. It felt like every year since 1924 inside the Montreal Forum. The place reeked of history. And smoke. The indoor air act hadn't em- emigrated, and a blue-gray haze hovered in the upper half of the building to give it the nostalgic look of a newsreel from a 1950s boxing match. We pitied the person who had to clean the dozens of championship banners that hung from the rafters, if that person existed. The capacity was 3,000 more than our Met Center, about the same as the St. Paul Civic Center but with four levels of seats towering into the cloud, it felt as big as both. An usher asked if we needed help, saw section 3, row K, then pointed in a foreign language to our seats. He pointed up, way up, to section 403. We were happy to be young as we scaled the stairwells, then emerged to find ourselves amidst a sea of Nordique cyan-blue. A charter from some tavern in Quebec City had two no-shows, and sweet old Rusty paid the organizer five dollars each for the leftovers he served to us at a tidy profit. There were twelve rows in section 403, K is the eleventh letter in the alphabet. As the saying goes, the seats weren't heaven, but you could see it from there. We could also see that there was no banner cleaner. Fortunately, Marybeth is a fun-is-where-you-take-it person, and the Quebecers welcomed us as if we could speak their language. One dialect we all shared was Labatt Bleu, a brew that had been limited in distribution in the States but was within arm's reach of our seats, right behind Section 403, Row L. Way down on the rink, Guy Le Fleur's signature blonde hair flow waved like a flag for Quebec sovereignty as they took to the ice for warm-ups. The province roared in united cheers for the only Hall of Famer to come out of retirement to play again. The former Canadien and current Nordique was one of the last seven players in the league to be grandfathered in after helmets became mandatory in 1979, and a helmetless player added to the night's retro atmosphere. The challenge of not knowing the language turned to fun as our charter pals in the scoreboard helped out with the bilingual translations. To beg a ref for hooking call in the United States, you put your hands in front of you like you're grabbing a rope, then you pull it toward you a couple of times as you yell, Hook! Hook! Come on, ref! It's exactly the same in Quebec, except they shout, "Accroché! accroche, Allez, ref! The French cheers and jeers, sound the same as English when blended on a TV set, but were a blast to experience live, especially in a back-and-forth game that Montreal won in overtime. Le Fleur got a mention d'aide, an assist, one of 1,353 points in his career. Game night was the highlight of the trip, but before our first honeymoon was over, we toured the Basilica de Notre Dame some quaint shops and cafes, and took the requisite handsome cab ride through Old Montreal. Afterwards, Mary Beth apologized to the 2,000-pound horse for the difficulty of put, pulling us around by hand-feeding him carrots and petting his nose. It was appropriate, perhaps inevitable, to have the first in hundreds of animal-loving stops in our marriage be on our first honeymoon. Marybeth recognized in Montreal that, for the most part, she would be the savvy and I the rube in our relationships. She did all critical negotiating for us, cars, houses, etc., but I swear she makes a sport of watching me get Opie tailored by scalpers. She lets me keep trying, like we're playing horseshoes, and the only time she stepped in was at Berkeley for the big game, but that's another tale. The last game played at the Montreal Forum was in 1996. The emotional goodbye was made even more so as event organizers trotted out a line from the gallant World War I poem In Flanders Fields by Canadian author John McRae. The poem inspired worldwide poppy sales for veterans, an effort led in Minneapolis by my French-Canadian grandmother. On the final night at the Forum they recited the line. To you from failing hands we throw the torch, be yours to hold it high. As all living captains of the Canadians handed a ceremonial torch down the line till it reached the current captain, who carried it to the new arena the next day. Thirty years after, Alex Trebek gave us a polite nod to acknowledge our marriage. Mary Beth and I still have a fondness our neighbors to the North. We we maintain the old-fashioned gender roles we like and ignore the ones we don't. She lets me be stubborn when it's harmless, I let her drive almost all the time, and we share the TV dinger. We pass chivalry back and forth like a torch or a soft-touch drop pass from Guy Lefleur.